Hey, it's Leah, and welcome to the Homeschooling for the Rest of Us podcast. Well, I am here today with a new friend. How long have we known each other now? A couple months? Couple. Couple months. Mm-hmm. Courtney McEwen, and she lives in my little community. You're not in the same town, though, right? You're a couple towns over? Yes, we're in Bowie. Yeah, okay, so she's a couple towns over. And we actually met because Courtney helps lead a homeschool panel. Can I call it a panel? Mm-hmm. And y'all do it about every other month, mm-hmm. quarterly, every other month. Mm-hmm. And I want to put a plug for things like this because I think this was so brilliant. It was Courtney and Hannah. They really found a need in the community that people were desperately trying to figure out, like, what do we do for homeschooling? What does this look like? And so they put together this panel of other homeschool parents in the community. I think it's so brilliant because you brought in like a dad one time. They bring in moms that have one kid. They bring in families that have seven children, families that have special needs. And there's just a lot of variety to it. And then they invite the community in to hear the panel, ask questions, And then they have these awesome tables set up where you can go and look at different families' curriculums and what they use. And I think that's just such an awesome way if you're looking for a way that you can help your community, your homeschool community grow, um, talk to your pastor and say, hey, can we host this on the you know, second Saturday of the month or whatever, and invite the community members in. And it's just a great way to educate people. So, and I'll have Courtney talk a little bit more about that, but I wanted to formally introduce her. Let's see, what have I learned about Courtney in the, the short few months that I've known her? So her son, Quinn, is one of my favorite people. He's entrepreneurial. So I already love that. And Courtney is a very humble artist, but y'all... She's really, really good. She's really good at what she does. So her artwork, her artwork is beautiful. Um, and so Courtney, before we get started, just tell me a little bit more about you. Maybe some things I don't know, and then let's let's jump in and talk about your homeschool journey and and what led you guys to homeschooling. Absolutely. So thank you for having me. Such a great opportunity. Um, yes. Yeah, so Leah and I met when we invited Leah to be part of our homeschool panel. And um, she came in and talked a lot about the importance of co-op and community. And at the time, it was so timely um, because we had just completed our first year of homeschooling and had really seen the value of community. So um, I knew that she would have so much insight to offer. Um, So thank you for doing that again. Um, Yeah, so I am um, an agriculture girl. I was raised in agriculture. Um, my husband and I met at college at West Texas A&M, go Buffs. <laughs> and um, I am an animal science girl. My husband is ag business. And so we have been here in North Central Texas for, let's see, 14 years. We, um, we run a family ranch here. And so we do multi-species rotational grazing, which is a really just fancy way of saying we have a cattle herd, a sheep flock, and and we rotate them around a ranch. Um, so we always say we, we, don't ever, um, we don't ever compromise land for animals or animals for land. So um, we work together because there's a beautiful relationship between the two of them. So we are an agriculture family. My husband is in agriculture finance. And yeah, we have Quinn, who is a joy to parent. And um, Yep. So that's that's a little bit about me. Okay, so let me just say sorry. One thing. Let or me sorry. say let me say one thing. Okay. So Courtney is also new to our co-op, and Janae, who's listening, Janae put her as my um, teaching assistant for my zoology class. And now I know you have a degree in animal sciences, and you're probably seeing there like she's pronouncing everything wrong. <laughs> Well, next week we're talking about monkeys. Do you have any special specializing in like yeah. monkeys? Okay. I specialize in livestock. This is okay. I'm definitely not going to teach on livestock then. How intimidating is that? Okay. I'm, I'm going to be looking at, you know, did I say that right? Did I pronounce it right? Oh my word. Okay. Thanks, Janae. Um, okay. So tell us. Okay. So you have Quinn. Quinn is a, no, 11. he's 11. That's right. Cause he's just a little bit older than Lincoln. He's 11. Um, and tell us about, um, you know, from preschool. Up until last year, what did education look like for Quinn, and why did you choose that for him? Sure. So 
Quinn was uh, three, and actually we put him in a little Mother's Day Out program when he was three. It lasted maybe three weeks, and we quickly realized, uh, I don't think this is for us. Um, Mm -hmm. So we brought him, we took him out, brought him back home, and we just, he and I began the journey of discovery and wonder, and we crafted a lot, and we took lots of nature walks, and we did all the things. So he's three. So um, we really established, my husband and I both are lifelong learners, and so we we really enjoy diving into new things and learning everything that we can. It takes my husband two years to buy a vehicle because he he has to <laughs> he has to research and and find it and you know do all the things. So um, fast forward to four when it was time for preschool, and we knew that that um, school was always going to be um, we we really wanted him to be in private school, and so we we selected a private school here in our area, which was wonderful. Um, he started in preschool, but it was a full-time preschool program. Mm-hmm. So it was eight to, to three. Mm-hmm. And um, he loved it. He thrived in it. He had such a wonderful, that first preschool teacher, she's still a dear friend because she was instrumental mm-hmm. and, and kind of fo- forming him at that four-year-old. But I remember thinking when I dropped him off is is this, it didn't feel natural to me. Right. I had spent, you know, four years up to that point forming him and, and we had learned together and we had discovered together. And, and, um, and again, he's our only. And so that relationship that we had with him, it just felt very unnatural to then now take him at four and drop him off somewhere and then leave him all day. So I was the first one in the pickup line mm-hmm. at the end of the day because I just missed him mm-hmm. so tremendously. And so anyway, he had a great year and he loved it. He just, he would wave goodbye to me every morning. Never, you know, he, he's a very, um, he's very outgoing, loves people. So the idea of being surrounded by people all day just made him come alive. He loved it. I, on the other hand, I'm also um, an extrovert. And so I just wanted to be involved in all the things at the school. And so at the time, so really um, pre-K and kinder and first grade, I was allowed, I was afforded the opportunities at this school to be involved. So I got to be classroom mom and I got to help with class parties and help with field trips and do all the things. So I really felt like I was part of his everyday experience. Um, And again, we loved it. All of his teachers were always so wonderful and they spoke life over him and they helped us understand um, how he learned what his learning style, his first grade teacher was actually the one that said to me, this is how your child learns. Because I had, I had handed him over to someone else mm-hmm. at that age when he's, you know, they're learning to read and special sounds and all those things. And so I didn't get to experience a lot of that with him. And so she's the one that said, your son is a kinesthetic learner. Mm-hmm. And that helped me then support her, mm-hmm. which I think is a really important thing for people to hear mm-hmm. is that if you if your child is in traditional school mm-hmm. that you can still be part of that learning process by supporting their teachers mm-hmm. and saying I know my child learns this way and um, and then being part of the solution when there is a challenge or something and and because um, again the teachers are doing they're building on the foundations that we set right so um, so anyway, so I had the opportunity to be involved in the school and administrative administration was so wonderful. I got to be, you know, on, on some planning committees and things. And so, and then fast forward to COVID. So COVID happened his second grade year and um, shut everything down. And I think like a lot of people, you and I had this conversation earlier, I realized a lot of things in that season. Um, one of them was um, I did not, I did not know the curriculum that he was being taught. It was a, it's a great curriculum, but it was not the best for his learning style. Mm. And so I was seeing this work that he was doing and thinking, this is why he's frustrated. Because mm. by, by second grade, he had, again, he had wonderful teachers, but it was a lot of heavy textbook, heavy worksheet. Mm-hmm. And with kinesthetic learners, that can sometimes translate into dread. They just right. are like, do I have to do another can worksheet? Can you tell people what a kinesthetic learner Absolutely. is? Absolutely. Someone doesn't know. Yes, and, and I will say, if you do not know the learning style of your child, I encourage you. There's lots of resources out there. Um, there are online little short quizzes that you can take. There's also really extensive um, quizzes that you can take that can help you identify what those are. Like there's visual learners. Um, there's auditory learners. Um, there's kinesthetic learners. So a kinesthetic learner is a, a learner that's more of a tactile learner. They have to feel it and experience it to really understand it. Um, and so they ha- But they also have to be moving. Mm-hmm. 
while they're learning. And so um, he can sit still. I mean, he's 11. So, um, but there are times when I know that he needs to be, he needs to be up and moving. And so in, in a traditional school setting, there's wobble chairs and there's, there's um, um, things that they can use for them to, to allow them to move in a school setting, but it can be distracting for other students that are more maybe auditory learners or something. So, um, so for him, the, in first grade, that teacher, she actually created some things for him. She, you know, she moved his desk a little off to the side or whatever, um, and still made him feel like he gave him the tools for success, I guess is probably the best way to say that. So she helped us then know how to support her. You know, what else does he need? Does he need a bouncy band on his desk so that he can bounce his feet while she's mm-hmm. lecturing? Or so, um, so that's what a kinesthetic learner is. A lot, they use a lot of manipulatives to learn. And so that's, that's kind of where we went to first grade. Sorry. So there's a couple of things that I wanted to point out that you said that I thought were so good. I loved how you, t- how you said that like you were partnered with the teacher because really you were bringing the foundational stuff to the table and what you were doing at home. I think a lot of parents don't make that connection. I talk to parents that are like, well, they go to school, that's the teacher. And I remember Courtney years ago, like I must have been in my early 20s. And my husband has always been way more spiritually mature than me, which is probably why God has given. But that man is like, he's quiet, but he knows everything about the Bible. Like y'all know someone like that, everything. And um, we were driving home from church and I made the comment to him. I was like, I just didn't get a lot of that message. That really just didn't feed me today. And he looked at me and he was like, Leah Carta, it is not the pastor's responsibility to feed your soul. It is your responsibility. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So lessons from my husband. Um, But I feel that way about teachers too, is I think people put all this responsibility that, okay, well, you know, they need to learn to read, write. And and I guess to an extent, if they're somewhere eight hours a day, they need to be learning things. But ultimately it does fall on us as parents, like whether you homeschool or not, like, Mm what your kids are learning. You can't just expect to throw them into school and that school's going to shape who they are. There's so much that has to be done at work. And I think that's why parenting is so exhausting <laughs> and why it's so tiring sometimes. Um, but I love that you and your husband had a position of, I'm going to partner with this teacher and we're going to make this the best experience possible for our child. And then you honored his learning style. And that was the other thing I was going to point out too, is that those of you that are maybe considering making the switch and this is no fault of a Christian school or public school, they can't have 30 different styles for everybody. And I think that was one of the most eye-opening things for me, especially now that I have three children. I homeschool each of them differently. I mean, we do a lot together, but like with Reagan, when she's learning with us, she needs to be, she's also kinesthetic and she's very artistic. So she needs to do it through art. Mm -hmm. So like if we're talking about birds, she needs to be drawing birds and then watercoloring the birds. And that's a challenge for me because I'm not artistic at all. <laughs> Just send her to you, Courtney. I want to trade. We'll do like a kid swap. Um, but it's you know it's challenging for me as a parent. But again, that that's helping me grow. So I love that you were talking about partnering with her. Okay, so that was first grade, and then take me through the next couple of years and what were some of the hints that you were getting that you know maybe this isn't the best for us. And how soon did, um, how soon did that private school get back? Like how, how long were y'all virtual for? And then when did it get back to business? We just, he completed the second grade at home Uh and then they came back the following fall. So that happened. I don't even remember. It was, I think it was March. Um, so yeah, March might've been about March March spring, June, he was home and then they came back that fall. Yes. Okay. So I also want to say some of you are like, what? Where we live in Texas, y'all, we were having barbecues within like a month and a half. Like we were over it here. Like mm-hmm. we, I remember going to a food truck festival like a month and a half after in our city because everything was open and there were no masks. There were, and I know some of you had been dealing with this for years, but we just didn't have that here. So mm-hmm. it's like a, yeah, and they had they had precautions in place. Yeah. So that was the other that I think that would be my part two. Then yeah. is when we returned from COVID. Um, the initially prior to COVID, I was allowed to be in the school quite a bit. So I was allowed to volunteer in lunchroom mm-hmm. and I was allowed to, you know, help yeah. with all the things. And then post COVID that was not allowed, mm-hmm. understandably. Yeah. So the school were taking all full precautions. Yeah. Of course they were taking temperatures and doing all the things. And, um, and, but I think from a mom's heart, yeah. um, I officially became, um, removed from his right. daily education. Right. 
And so that was hard for me. Mm-hmm. And that again, that was no fault of the yeah. school. That was the the time we were living in. Yeah. And, but it was also, you know, at the time, that's what we thought would keep them safe. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so from that point forward, then that was third grade. Third grade was a it was a little bit of a tough year um, for us. He had a wonderful teacher in third grade, so I'm very thankful for that. But that was the year because we had gone through the experience of COVID and me educating him at home. That was the year going back where I truly missed being part of his education. And I think I've always been a homeschool mom at heart, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have the tools or the community around me to even know what that would even look like. So third grade, fast forward to third grade, um, he's back in school and, you know, he's doing great. And that, that was always a little bit hard for me too, is how is he on the honor roll? But yet he's, he seems to be, as we increase in grade, struggling with not liking school. He loved the people. He loved his teachers. He loved his principal. He loved, he loved the people. It was just the actual schoolwork. And then that's when after COVID, I diagnosed that it was his, it was the type of curriculum that he was doing. So, um, and so that's when I think third grade, that was when my husband and I started having that conversation of, okay, something needs to change. Who was more hesitant in the beginning? My husband, absolutely. What were his reasons? I think part of it was just, um, in the most loving way, it was ignorance because we didn't know enough about homeschooling at the time. And so, and actually homeschool was a, was a word, (laughs) but it didn't have any meaning to us because we didn't, we didn't know really anybody at the time that was homeschooling. We had a couple families, my um, Quinn does archery, competitive archery. And so we had a couple, um, kiddos on the team with him that were homeschooled and they were amazing kids. Um, but at the time we didn't have a real close relationship with those families. And so as the Lord sort of was stirring this in our heart to do something different, um, that's when he started bringing this community of homeschool people around us. I was like, I'm looking at all your friends. I'm like, homeschooler, homeschooler, homeschooler. I think nine out of 10 of our closest (laughs) friends are all homeschooled. Um, but, but I think it was because he was preparing our hearts for something, you know, he equips the called. And so, um, I, I truly believe that was when he started giving us glimpses as to what our life could look like with our child. Yeah. And so we, we completed third grade. We went through third grade. It had its challenges, but again, the, the, we had great teachers and great administration and all the things. But I think for us as a family, we started seeing changes in our child. And we have always said we are raising an adult. Mm-hmm. We're not raising kids. We're raising an adult. And so we had to look at who that adult would be and then work backwards. Mm-hmm. And we were standing with a nine-year-old who did not want to discuss his day, mm. who did not. And so it was funny because I would look through his folder from his mm-hmm. weekly work, and I would think, oh, they're studying photosynthesis. We could do a really fun experiment. I think that's why I've always said, I've always, I think I was always a homeschool mom on the inside <laughs> with my kid in traditional school. And so, um, so by the time weekend would roll around, and I'd be thinking, oh, let's do a, let's do a photosynthesis experiment to help that, that lesson that he had learned all week come alive in his brain, he was so checked out. Yeah. By the weekend, he just with just the running and the and just yeah. the daily schedule and stuff. It's and very so overstimulating. I mean, that's those days are long. They are very long. Mm-hmm. They're very long. And and I, and then I just think the other the additional um, influences from mm-hmm. other things just yeah. throughout the day. So that was when I just my heart kind of grieved mm-hmm. for that sense of wonder and that love of learning that he used to have. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's a result of the school. I think it was just a result of his learning style. And it not being able to be nurtured because, like you said, a teacher cannot cannot first diagnose twenty seven learning right. styles, but also then, you know, nurture all twenty seven in a classroom setting. So, absolute complete grace for that. But for us as a family, that was when we said, "Okay, Lord." So we finished third grade. My husband, all through third grade, we had the conversation, um, but it wasn't until we completed fourth grade. So third grade, we started talking about it. We just kind of put it in the back of our brains. And then we knew his teacher in fourth grade who we were really excited about, who we loved. And by this point now, he's had six years of relationships with these kids. And um, again, we liked the school. Mm -hmm. So we really had no reason to pull him. But it was just that stirring. And when the Lord stirs something inside of you, you can't hesitate. And I felt like we had spent now two years with this watching. Also, by that point, the Lord had surrounded us with Mm -hmm. homeschool families. And I'm watching the... The freedom and um, also, I will say, the wonder 
Mm. in in those kid those homeschool kids mm-hmm. and so Quinn had started developing a lot of relationships with homeschool friends and and I just saw their daily activities and their hiking and their you know turning a science lesson into a study of butterflies mm-hmm. and and then the you know the migratory habits of butterfly like all these mm-hmm. things and I'm thinking like I I literally would cry thinking I want that for him mm-hmm. um but I also was torn because we had this established community um, where we'd been for six years with friends and and then do you do that? Right. Do you take them out of a perfectly good environment, right? And then remove them and, and people were going to think I was nuts probably. Yeah. <laughs> but so anyway, so what we did was uh, we just said, Lord, we're laying this before you because this is a big decision and, but you have given him to us to steward. Mm-hmm. So if this is what we are supposed to do, then we will do it. And so by the end of fourth grade, my husband and I both had a piece. It makes me cry. <laughs> <laughs> this is so beautiful. Okay. Yeah. So we had a piece, both of us, mm-hmm. and that's, that's the way the Lord works. We, we have a saying in our house that um, where there's division, mm-hmm. there's no provision. Mm-hmm. So we wait for one vision. And oh, so, God. yeah. So I had it in my heart, but he wasn't there yet. And so I just continued to trust the Lord. Mm-hmm. And a good friend, a good homeschool mama, friend of mine, Ann Gear if you're listening, she said to me, um, God can be trusted. And I have said it a thousand times since. But so that's what I just did. I I trusted the Lord and and not only with my son, but also with my husband's heart and said, if this is what we're supposed to do, then. So tell me about that moment. What what was the moment? Where were you at when both of you looked at each other and you're like, okay, this is what we are doing? It was actually the end of fourth grade. So he he had really like had his last day Mm -hmm. party and we came home and I, I just, I said to my husband, I don't think he's going back. And he said, I don't either. And how did Quinn respond to that? How, how was he about not going back? It, it, and I think this is a true testament to how the Lord works. He prepares the hearts for people. He goes before you, so the Bible says. So um, Quinn was so excited. Really? Yes, because he had established so many relationships already in the homeschool world mm-hmm. that the idea of being able to spend more time because mm-hmm. he, in the same way that I was grieving that time, he also saw his friends getting to go and, you know, take field trips on Wednesday when there's nobody there and, and get together and do science experiments and, you know, do nature walks and, and then, you know, sketch and hi- kayak and do all these things on a Thursday. And they were calling that school. And he was always like, I have to go do math worksheets. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, again, there's value in that. That wasn't his idea of, right. you know. So, so having said that, when we had that conversation with him, we, we asked him because we wanted him to be part of that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we said, what, what, if, we just, if we did this, you know, how would you feel about it? And he was all in. Incredible. Yeah. So it was like the Lord prepared him too. Mm-hmm. And so there, there were times, so we made the decision and then of course we spent the summer. So that was the other thing. We made it at the end of the year mm-hmm. and we, you know, we sent our official removal and they were- So your summer was your de-schooling time. Yes. That was your de-schooling time. Yes. And it also gave him time to nurture some relationships right. so that when we did kick off the school year in the fall mm-hmm. um, and start those nature groups and art classes and things like that, he already knew a lot of those kids. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like he had two groups of friends mm-hmm. already. So, um, so yeah, the, the school was very gracious and said, we'll miss him. And, mm-hmm. and, and we still go to football games and things with, and, yeah. and see everybody. But, um, but yeah, it is, it has been the most enriching experience That's for cool. our little family. So were you, um, what did you do over the summer to prepare yourself? Like, did you know what curriculum you wanted to use? Like, what did that process look like for you? We still don't know what curriculum we're using. That's it's, a, it's a million dollar question. Yeah. Like, we're switching science again and again and Here again. we go. We're just going to run the gamut. Um, so I, I, I'm a learner. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing that I did was call all of the mamas that I knew that were doing it well. Mm-hmm. And I, when I say doing it well, they're the ones that have found balance, mm-hmm. um, that are, but they're also very transparent about their challenges. Sure. I don't call them struggles, but they're challenges. Yep. Um, and so I just sat at their feet. I mm-hmm. took a day with this one. I took a day with this so one. You wouldn't watch their homeschools. Well, more just download to me everything. Okay. Give okay. If you were starting from scratch, mm-hmm. tell me all the things. Okay. Tell me... One, how do I even do this? What does the state of Texas say? What am I, you know, how does this look like as we transition? Now I've got a fifth grader and I've got a couple years till high school. And so one of the moms that I sat with, she has a, 
you know, one element, a couple in elementary, a couple junior high, a mm-hmm. couple high school. So she was able to give me a really unique perspective on what that looks like. So I just, I sat down with my notebook and I took all the notes. And then, you know, another gal, she has a bunch of littles. So I said, tell me about your day. What does that look like? And then another one, I said, tell me about your curriculum. What are you using? So I just asked all the questions because I, I believe, you know, the power of our testimony. Yeah. Um, and so they all had done it before. Right. And I, I didn't want to reinvent something. Everybody was doing it. So that's what I did. This, this summer, I, that was more about me. Mm-hmm. And then um, we started kind of in August mm-hmm. of just kind of starting to slowly work into, because regret, summer regression is a big thing. Right. It's, a, it's a real thing. Yeah. Um, and so we started doing um, a little bit of math, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I did at the time, I just, I probably, <laughs> I was that mom. Any of you that are thinking about homeschooling, full sympathy from me, because you're that mom that orders like all the curriculum because you're. I mean, everyone does it. You do. It's a rookie move. It's, it's ridiculous. It's like a rite of passage. It really is. It's a rite of passage. Absolutely. Here's your patch. But did you make a like a schoolroom? Did you do that? I did. Okay. Because again, I was that mom, yep. mm-hmm. and so we we actually had an office mm-hmm. that we just converted. Um, because I also a, a really good piece of advice that I will share with all of you that was given so graciously to me was is when you are transitioning them, it is good to keep some of the things yeah, that they're that. used to yeah, I could see that. so that it's not a complete and abrupt. Urge. Um, and so I did, he had a little desk, mm-hmm. we had a whiteboard. Mm-hmm. And so in, in that, and if you ask him now, that was one of his favorite things was the whiteboard and the, and I didn't, I didn't grade a whole lot. We did a lot of assessment tests and things just so that I could tell what he was doing. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just kind of wanted to transition him the unschooling process. Right. Um, and we both, I will say, there was so much grace. And a mama told me that. Give yourself a year yep. with all the grace yep. um, because you're figuring it out too. Yeah. And so um, this year, so that we just started our second year. Mm-hmm. And this year looks completely different. I bet it does. Than last year. I think yeah. every year looks different because you learn and you grow and your kids are growing and you're learning more about your kids. And I agree with that. Mm-hmm. It changes every year. Mm-hmm. It does. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. So. That gives me comfort. Maturing, and you're growing. Like I look at the mom that I was when I first started versus the mom now and my toolbox is completely different. Like mm. you just, cause you're learning at such an intense rate with your kids. I feel like if my kids were in traditional school, I would have three very slammed hours in the evening mm-hmm. that would just be chaotic with after school activities or cooking dinner or homework. I mean, half of that is homework. So it, I think homeschooling causes you to slow down and really, um, as my friend Holly says, like you get to do all the heart checks mm-hmm. with not only your kids, but with you. Mm-hmm. Cause there's been times I have to walk away and just be like, guys, I need like mom needs five. I need to go talk to Jesus for a minute and mm-hmm. then I'll come back mm-hmm. and it'll be fine. But so does every teacher. I think that's, totally. I think that's yeah. the other thing too, yeah. is when you, I do have a whole new appreciation for teachers. Yeah. Um, and so thank you Lord for that, that I have a new perspective because I'm teaching one mm-hmm. and we can get to that in a second, but I, I have a whole new appreciation for, yeah. for the, te- I thought, I thought I loved his teachers before mm-hmm. and now I really do. Yeah. And if I haven't had a chance to thank you personally, <laughs> all you teachers who have had Quinn, <laughs> thank you. But it, it truly is. It is, um, it, it definitely does. We, we say all the time that this has given us the gift of time. Yep, for sure. Because we have had, um, there's so much peace yeah. now. There's, there's, I, was, I had built up a stamina mm-hmm. towards running and going and picking. And, and we lived 40 minutes from his school. So the commute itself was taxing. Yeah. Um, 40 minutes one way. And then, mm-hmm. so just the running back and forth and then the getting him to practice and then coming home and having spelling words and homework and all the things. And... Oh, so she'll have those cows and stuff. Plus all the livestock <laughs> and all the other things we do. So it became literally like our, we just met ourselves kind of coming and going. Yeah. But we also kind of saw that in our child. Yeah. And then time is just going by and all of a sudden they're 18 mm. and it's done. All of a sudden they're in fifth grade. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh goodness, I just want to craft. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just want to craft. <laughs> yeah. I'll put you and Reagan together. Yeah. Y'all can craft. Okay. So let's transition a little bit. So Quinn is very social. So what were some of the things that you did to make sure he still had those social opportunities? Like how did, did, do you feel like he had more of a social life once he homeschooled or what did you do? Cause he also is an only child. So talk about that too. So how is homeschooling an only child? Do you have to intentionally set up time so that y'all are around people and you as an extrovert, 
you needing your people time. No, mm-hmm. she so anxiously said yes. Now I know why. <laughs> when I asked her to be on the podcast, she's like, I'm here. Let's do this. <laughs> so tell me more about that. Yes, thank you. So, um, okay, so that th- I think probably the last year, the most. Um, I don't think I don't think it was a challenge necessarily, but it was. I had to be very intentional. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's the best word, word. Mm-hmm. because removing him from and there were a lot of um, voices in our world that said how is he going to socialize right. being an only child and those of you with only children you know that only children are basically tiny adults that's what they are yeah. because they're you know they they mimic mm-hmm. adults whereas siblings mimic the older sibling so my child his older sibling sometimes is me. Okay, I'm going to start saying that to my kids. Mimic me. You need to be mimicking me, not your younger sister. We had to write an essay today. Lincoln had to write an essay, Why My Sister's Not Dumb, because he called her dumb today. And I'm like, dude, we don't say that. So we'd write her a one-page letter telling her how smart she is and the gifts that God's given her. But if he had mimicked me, this would not be an issue, Courtney. But what a sweet letter she'll always cherish. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Yeah, so... I think the thing that, because in that summer, that sort of unschooling summer that I had, what I did uh, was I, I was very intentional about finding him groups. Mm-hmm. And again, because I will emphasize the importance of community. Mm-hmm. I have I actually have a really good friend that they, they have been on the fence about continuing. They've homeschooled from the beginning about continuing to homeschool because she just doesn't have a community of people. And it is difficult mm-hmm. when you're by your, when you feel like you're by yourself. Yeah. So um, I had, I had, intentionally gone out and said, will you be my friend? Just Mm -hmm. kidding. Kind of. But surrounding myself with women that I know were doing it, but also doing it really well. And so in that, I said, what is your kid doing? Mm -hmm. What group are they in? What activities are they in? What what does sports look like? What do, you know, all the things, what does art look like? What does music look like? And so through that summer, that's when I started picking out things for him to be involved in that I knew he would really enjoy. Because again, the thing I love about homeschooling is interest-led learning. So they can, we can take things that he really enjoys and, and dive in and apply all different subjects so to that he one. he has archery. What else does he do? He does shotgun. Shotgun. Competitive shotgun. And he's got co-op with us. He Thursdays. has co-op with you. Um, he had an art class last semester. Um, yeah, he's done. And in church. We have our nature group. We have a lot of things at church. That's the other thing. He has a very service um, heavy heart. Mm-hmm. And so I remember he was in the first grade. We're a part of the Rotary Club. Mm-hmm. And um, we in the first grade on a Wednesday, we meet every Wednesday. And so I was taking him to school Wednesday morning, and he was so mad because I wouldn't pick him up to go to Rotary lunch. Now, He's a first grader. And so he just, he, uh, you know, service above self is uh-huh. is really who he is. Now, is he the youngest person at the Rotary? Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> he sits at the table with the mayor. And I don't even, my husband, I don't even sit with him. He sits over there. And yeah, he, he's definitely, he, he's very community minded. But it. so are we. And so, so that became really, I, I want to educate him academically, but I also want to educate the whole, I mean, I want to yes. teach the whole child. Yeah. And so um, service is a really big part of who that adult is mm-hmm. and that we wanted to form. Yeah. Um, and so, but also um, our church family, you know, he, he's at the church all the time mm-hmm. doing service projects, but also helping our pastor move tables around and helping our director of generations make copies. And so um, he has time for that now, which we never had time for that. So I want to say something really quick. I just got back from a conference. By the time y'all are listening to this, you would have listened to this episode last week. I went to the Maven conference this weekend. And one of the questions that was asked is like, what are, what are the areas we need to set up our children for? Like, what are the best things we can be teaching them based on what they're culturally facing? And the number one thing that they said was resiliency. And the number one, two, the, or the second thing, sorry, the second thing was um, having a heart of service. Mm-hmm. And they said, this is a very selfish generation being raised because it's immediate needs. Mm-hmm. And they said, like, think about... Think about Netflix now versus when you were young. We had to go to Blockbuster Video, pray to God that the DVD option was there or the VHS option was there. And if it wasn't, oh, well, next Friday is your next chance, where now they just, it's a click of a button. And so there's this immediate gratification. And so because of that, what's happening culturally, culturally, I can't say that word today, culturally, I homeschool, um, is that kids are not servant minded, and so you have to um, you have to create opportunities for them. And then the third thing they said, Courtney, was about gathering. And this guy was such a great visual. He put up a fireplace 
like from the 1800s, and then a thermostat. And he said, how did that thermostat change our culture? Mm. He's like, is it a bad thing? No, it's a great tool that we have. But at that moment when we got a thermostat, families no longer gathered Mm. to get heat Mm. together. Mm. Or think about all the conversations that would take place when they gathered. Mm. And so as we talk about homeschooling, that's something that I was thinking about is that we we get to gather mm-hmm. so much more. And it's like you said, it's a reclaiming of our time. Mm-hmm. So I love that he's, I love that he's in Rotary. I want to go to a Rotary meeting just to watch <laughs> Gwen now. Does he like ever give speeches or anything? He's actually getting ready to do um, a, a presentation on beekeeping. Cause that's the other thing. Last year he started beekeeping cause he'd always wanted to, but we never had time. Yeah. So he's actually going to give an entire presentation. So on, uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We're going to have to do this. Yes. That it'd be fun. Maybe yeah. Link and I will come. So we can be your lunch. It'd be great. Okay. We love it. We'll buy your lunch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I think um, civic organizations, um, community involvement, Mm -hmm. that's the thing. Sometimes, like today, we're here, but we came from Rotary Lunch. Mm -hmm. So he brought his school with him because he had some subjects he didn't finish this morning. Mm -hmm. And then we have have Bible study tonight Mm -hmm. at church. So between now and church at 6, he'll finish those few subjects that he has. So that's the beauty. That's what I love is that it's not only giving him opportunities to see um, his education in real life situations, but it's also giving him the opportunity to love on right. different generations of people. Um, but also be in a room. I mean, he can sit at the mayor's table and carry on a conversation and my husband, and I do not worry one bit right. um, because he's had, he's always been a little adult anyway, but yeah. he's had a full year to really see that it's not, it is important that he be around his peers. And he seemed to practice it where like before, maybe on a weekend, maybe mm-hmm. we throw it in on a Friday maybe. night where now this is like regularly part of your week. Mm-hmm. He's, this is applicable and it's life skills and it's, mm-hmm. I mean, when you guys talk about the end in mind, Cody and I operate the same way. Like, okay, what is, what's the end goal here with this person? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Someone to have a good husband. We need, you know, mm-hmm. all the things, but, um, communication. So I'm just, I think this is so brilliant what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. And I think, so go, going back to the only question, yeah. the, a, lot of, a lot of people, a lot of the voices in our world were concerned about him being an only child homeschooled. We knew a family that did it and did it so well. And so again, I talked to her and said, tell me, tell me all the things. Yeah. And she said, the relationship mm-hmm. will be the thing. Mm-hmm. So focus on that. Mm-hmm. Teach him, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, that's the thing, Quinn's smart, so I'm not, I'm not worried about yeah. that. But I also... I, I have intentionally, for my husband too, created um, opportunities for all of us to grow in relationship together. So we have a meal together every single day. We didn't, before we didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Because my husband, in ranching, yeah. <laughs> you come in when, the, when it gets dark. Yeah. It's just the way we operate. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, but he comes home for lunch every day. Right. So before... So that's your meal. Yeah. Oh, okay, so you guys, I, this is where homeschooling is unconventional, and I love that life can be unconventional. I would have never had that thought about, like, it doesn't have to be dinner. Just have it be lunch. Have it be one. I love that. That was not hot for me. Maybe we're going to start having a lunch. I love ahas. Yeah. Like that. They're fun. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our, we, we have lunch. We don't, we're not perfect. We don't do it every yeah. single day, but. That's what you strive for. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and we do it most days. Mm-hmm. So he's home for lunch. Um. And then we eat, and then typically in the evenings, you know, I'll make dinner and prepare it, and we all kind of eat whenever. But yeah. we all I mean, we all connect at night. But so um, so yeah, so that and then an only child to me um, is really I have seen a complete deepening of our relationship, um, not only as mother and son, but as as two people learning together. Because mm-hmm. there is a saying in the homeschool world that it's essentially just you learning alongside your child. And my husband even has said, I never learned that. Yeah. Whether it's a spelling rule or, mm-hmm. you know, a grammar rule or something. He's he's thinking, I never, right. I don't, I may have learned that, but I don't remember it. Because how you taught, I mean, probably that's, that's the thing is how we were taught. It wasn't based on our learning style. So we maybe didn't retain it as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we spend a lot of time together, mm-hmm. the three of us, and sometimes just, you know, Quinn and myself. And, and uh, we do a lot of adventures together because I do believe in um, applying our education to our real life. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of times, like we, we visited some friends here last weekend, and I said, I need you to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Ask, like, why, why is this important to you? What are these? Tell me about these. Mm-hmm. Because the greatest thing that you will ever do is ask somebody about them 
about themselves. Like it's, you're learning about other people. And, um, and while, again, I think that's important with your peers, I think it's just so much more valuable when they're doing it with people older and people younger. We have a 95-year-old neighbor, and he's over there all the time listening to a story that he's told us 15 times, but he so graciously sits there and listens, yeah. and he rakes leaves and does all the things. Because one day that, that relationship won't be there, and he'll be so grateful that he had that time. So that's what I love about homeschooling. Um, and then again, you know, it's and only is not easier. I will say that a lot of people say, "Oh, you only have one. You and your one. You only have well, one." I can see you probably be a lot more intentional about creating opportunities and making sure that, mm-hmm. and especially because you all are int- extroverted. If you were introverted, this would be really easy. This would be like a very short conversation. <laughs> yeah, if you were me, I'd be like, "We're staying home, just watching movies. That's what we're doing." Oh, yes, yeah. Okay, so cool. it's fun because then I'll say, "Hey, buddy, this is you know this is this is an opportunity that we have. Do you want to do it?" And he's like, "Yes." Yeah. And so that's what's fun. Now, is your husband introverted? Or oh no! Introverted? Oh, he's he's, he's the biggest introvert on the planet. <laughs> Yes. And he is, he, that's why he loves us so much because he says all the time, I can walk in a room and turn you two loose and I don't have to say a word. He just, and he's, but he loves it because there are so many things that he's life skills Mm -hmm. that he's getting to teach Quinn that he would not have had time to do, um, in our former schooling situation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in closing, cause let me see where, where I could talk to you for all day long. Okay. So I have one more question. Was there anything, was there anything that was a big challenge for you? Like what was the biggest challenge that first year so that we're not, you know, we're, we like to be real on this podcast. So like, what was the biggest challenge and how did you get through that? Yes. Um, I think two come to mind. So the first one would be leaving our community of people mm-hmm. because it is, it is a reality that when you remove yourself, relationships change. So did you get a lot of pushback from people? Like, did you get a lot of people like, what are you doing? I, I didn't because most of the people that I valued that had input in my life mm-hmm. knew me. Yeah. And so when I said, we're bringing Quinn home to home educate, they were, they really were kind of not surprised. Okay. Um, but I think there were a lot of people that, that thought homeschooling would be second rate traditional mm-hmm. schooling. And so, um, but that is why we have started the panel that you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, because there are so many people that just don't know. Yeah. And I, I have, when I think about the dynamic kids mm-hmm. and these amazing, articulate, successful mamas that are taking charge of their kids' education. And, you know, we, uh, a friend of mine said, let him linger on the subjects he loves. Yeah. And that for me was so freeing because initially my second challenge, I will say, is the schedule. Mm-hmm. When we first started, I thought there had to be a strict schedule. So we're going to get up at 8, we're going to do breakfast at 8.15, we're going to start math at 8.30, we're going to have Bible, like all the things. And we tried that for about two weeks and I, it quickly, I, this, that's, this is not for us. Yeah. This is not... Um, because that's not really the, that's not the point of homeschooling because right. he could have stayed in traditional school and had that. Right. Um, so what we did then was, is we loosened up a lot. We reworked the schedule. Um, we changed curriculums mm-hmm. and then, um, th- I mean, there's mornings where we spend an hour on Bible mm-hmm. cause he has a lot of questions and those are the moments where I'm like, we're staying here. Yeah. None of the other subjects matter. That's the <laughs> one. So we got to get that because we're not taking our science book to heaven. So <laughs> also, you know how to read and write. So we're good there. But, that, but those are the moments where I'm thinking this is the foundation of who he is. This is the thing that, right. that math is going to build on. Right. The Bible is the thing that English is going to build on. Right. So if we're not good there, right. you know, science is under huge attack right now. Mm-hmm. So if, if we don't understand Genesis right. and all of that, then all of this other stuff is, you know, so we have a very strong foundation. So there's mornings like that where we linger. And then there's mornings where we're in and out in 15 minutes. He got his word, got his memory verse and off we go. Yeah. So, um, so those are the things I think probably community was probably our first mm-hmm. struggle. Um, but because God can be trusted, I'll say that again to all you mamas. Um, the Lord was so gracious. Those relationships that were valuable, I still have. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're going to love you no matter what you do. Yes. And, they, and they truly are for you and for your child. Yeah. And then the schedule, it just, you know, the Holy Spirit has a way mm-hmm. of revealing things to you. And you ask for wisdom and He gives it to you. So that's what we did is we just, we continually pray. Mm-hmm. Is, does something need to pivot today? Do we pivot? And if we pivot, we are all open 
to the pivot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we like the pivot. Pivot is my favorite word. Pivot. It is. <laughs> and it, I think it makes not only for a successful homeschool experience, but for a really well-adjusted child. Yeah. So. I agree. Yeah. Okay. So another thought that I wanted to add, if you are struggling with the schedule, I also think you can have a balance in that. And I think you'll agree with what I'm saying. But I think if you were to sit there and be like, okay, at 8.15, we're going to do this subject. And then at 9.37, we're going to transition to this. Like that, I think is setting yourself up for failure because someone's going to wake up with an attitude maybe. (laughs) Maybe someone else spilled their Cheerios on the floor. Like who knows? And so, you know, but I also understand at the same time, like some of you work businesses or you have activities in the afternoon. And so I would encourage you to have like a time block. Mm -hmm. Our homeschool gets done during this time block. But also being open to being flexible, like you were talking about today, how in the car he had to finish his homeschool. And I like that you're having him finish versus, well, we'll just get to it tomorrow because you're still, that's showing them you've got to have follow through. You've got to finish what you said you're going to do. So like in our house, Courtney, we we strive for 7 a.m. They're all early risers. They all are up at 6 a.m. Like all these moms, like my friend Andrea doesn't start homeschool till 10 because everyone wakes up at nine. And I'm like, how, how are, what time does Quinn wake up? Is he, he's, he's about at eight, eight thirty. How, I know. how? And so you have all that time in the morning to yourself. Are you an early riser? Or are you a um, night owl? Yeah, I'm like a seven, seven thirty. Okay. So I'm not a fiver. Cause like there's these moms that will wake up at five and their kids don't get up till nine thirty. And I'm like, do you know what I could do in that <laughs> amount of time? <laughs> like, like we would be set. So anyway, um, so we have like time blocks. And so, but like you were saying, sometimes you have to spend longer if there, something's clicking in their Bible or whatever. So don't be a slave to like, it has to be at this time and this time and this time, just have a block that you get everything done in. Okay. So new mamas are going to want to know what is your curriculum lineup? Take me through your curriculum lineup. So, um, well, we, we have kind of, um, we for sure we started last year with Singapore math mm-hmm. um, because it is actually it's it's categorized as a kinesthetic curriculum. Um, is that the one? Oh, I'm thinking of math. You see, mm-hmm. no, this is different. This is, this is, is a lot of manipulatives. So and, Singapore has manipulatives. Yes. Okay. But uh, it's great if you start a child on Singapore. What we found was because he had been in he, he was on Ebeka, a, a yeah, and. Um, that is a different style. Most private schools do a Becca, would you say? I think so. Yeah. I okay. think so. Christian private schools, yeah. yeah. So um, we did not, he did not respond well to a Becca. So we did not continue with that. But so this year we actually went with the good and the beautiful for math and we love it. We didn't start there because they, last year they did not have plans for a high school curriculum, mm-hmm. but now they do. So I, and we're a couple years from there. So I feel like um, we, we felt confident in starting that just so that we wouldn't have to switch again. Mm-hmm. Um, but he loves it because there's a, there's an online instruction from a really extrovert type girl. And so he enjoys that. And then the, the problems are, they repeat, which I liked about Ebeka because it, it built the repetition. Yes. Yeah. And so I wanted that for him. And then um, language, we also do the good and the beautiful mm-hmm. for language. Um, we also do some, some classic classic books and things like that um we don't do full charlotte mason but yeah. we like the the feel of charlotte mason do you guys do like a read aloud together we do in the mornings what do you mm-hmm. read right now? um right now we're doing uh, my side of the mountain oh nice. yeah okay. yeah because there's a there's a unit study that we want to do so i will say we are that strange family that sometimes will pause mm-hmm. on our regular curriculum and do a, a unit study mm-hmm. together because it helps it kind of like his brain it gives his brain a break yeah. and unit studies for those of you that don't know unit studies incorporate almost all subjects except math right. so he will get uh, he'll get history he'll get language arts he'll get all of those science art, all science, science yeah, art things. sometimes music appreciation all that in one subject right. so like my side of the mountain there is a, a company out there that has a my side of the mountain unit study mm-hmm. so he can get all of that while we read the book right. so it makes it all click in his brain so we do a little bit of everything, honestly. Um, science, I do. We do a nature of study. Course, I know because I'm a science person. In my classroom at co-op, how intimidating is this? Janae changed the schedule. All my work. So and you know what? It's not just you. The other mom in there mm-hmm. is a former chemist. Oh wow! Why is I, this happening? To I me? love, and that's fun. You have all the chemistry people around. And then you. there's me, who failed chemistry in high school, teaching a zoology class. Okay. I love my life. Yeah, it's funny because Quinn actually, and this is, again, I will say, this is the beauty of homeschool. So he expressed an interest in chemistry. He was asking me about water, H2O. And one day he said, what does that look like? And I'm thinking, I'm failing at homeschooling if you don't know what water looks like. (laughs) 
And then he wanted to know what the actual structure, the chemical structure of water looked like. And so I had to draw H2O on the board for him. And that just, it piqued an interest in him. So now we're doing a chemistry study for him so he can learn the periodic table and all the things. So, um, but, but that in traditional school, that wouldn't happen right. until. So we're getting to do that now, which is great. While he's interested. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then history, um, we did My Father's World for History mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. But I will say the Patriot Academy online, look, look them up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of good um, instructional things on there okay. you can look at. But um, yeah, so that's kind of, and then art, I do, obviously. 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 And then, um, so what have I not mentioned? I did math, language. We do a read aloud. He has reading time that he has to do every day. Um, he, of reading of his choice, mm-hmm. science, history. We do civic that's I mean, better. Yeah, but I feel like he does like archery, guys kayak a lot. Yeah, all of those nice. things. Yeah, PE is not a problem. No, the boy is really busy. Ranch too. So yeah, there's a lot to do. I'm sure. Yeah. So I think we're we're kind of that sort of eclectic style yeah. to where I customized our um, curriculum this year really based on his interests. Yeah. And so I just went off. This is what you know. It's funny because there's no. You've said this on your podcast many times. There's not necessarily grades mm-hmm. in homeschooling, but I went off of the grade that he should be in right. and took. So a lot of it, he's advanced, and some of it, he's right on track. And so um, we just kind of keep trucking along. And yeah, yeah, my yeah. poor kids are so mixed up on grades. Like I have <laughs> to, like I usually have to go on Google and be like, "What grade is a nine-year-old in?" Because <laughs> someone's doing this level and this level, and then we do this together the poor things. And then at church, they get confused when they're like, what class are you supposed to be in? I'm like, let me Google that. Let me see. I think they're fourth, maybe fifth. (laughs) Do you have like a 0.5, 4.5? Courtney, this was so awesome. So I think um, in closing, what what do you want to say to the parents that their kids are in a great school? And so the mom might be like, what am, why am I even questioning this? They're in a great school. Why am I questioning even thinking that this is what I need to do? Like, what would you say? What would you say to those moms and dads? I actually just had this conversation the other day with a mama and she called and said, um, he's in a great school. They love the school and they love the teacher, but something was changing in, in their son and he's young. Mm-hmm. And I said, um, trust that voice that's inside of you. Because I, I do believe the Lord plants seeds in us. And, and that's where, um, when you have an idea, sometimes it's not just an idea, Sometimes it's disturbing to do, to make a change, and and I will say again, I've said it multiple times in here, but God can be trusted, mm-hmm. and when you step out in faith, oh, the things that He will bring, and so um, I I truly believe you. There's a lot of moms that say, I don't think I could teach them. How do I teach them? Um, there are so many resources now. I can't imagine yeah. homeschooling 20 years ago, yeah. and there's people that. In my world, that did it, and they did it well. Did. But now it's almost like homeschooling. I mean, I think I read a statistic the other day that four and and four and ten kids are homeschooled now mm-hmm. in a post COVID world, yeah. and that's forty percent of kids. Yeah. And so there are there are huge resources and huge community of people that are just waiting to welcome you and um, give you all the tools that you need to do it. And don't be afraid to do it because it truly. I think once once we made that decision, there was such a peace that came with it and it has been a that that same piece has remained the last through the last year so it is it is truly and there will be days we'll say it's not all roses there will be days my my son calls them i when i have monster mommy moments (laughs) and sometimes i need to be sent to the principal um but but it's in those moments too where you develop that relationship to where then you get to apologize exactly and say i'm sorry i lost my cool will you forgive me let's move on Um, and, and I think you, you shared that on your podcast with Lincoln, with math, mm-hmm. where you, when you came to them and said, um, just yeah. mommy's not perfect and I'm sorry. And I'm, yeah. I'm listening now and we will make a change. We'll pivot. Yeah. And so I think that's it. Just yeah. trust, trust, trust when the Lord reveals something inside of you that he's doing it for good. He works all things together for good. Yeah. And so it, it truly has been the best. I can't, I cannot say it enough. I wish we would have done it sooner, honestly. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, thank you, Courtney. Sure. Thank you for blessing all the mamas today. And we'll have you back on. We'll do like a, an update in yeah. a little bit here. Great. All right, y'all. We'll see you next week. Bye.